2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 12. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, which is the likeness of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Can you believe that we were like that once? <laughs> Unbelievable. Lovely. But it's nice to be here. really is. Lum has always had a, a warm spot in my heart. Believe you me. And it's, it's good. Uh, about 10 or 15 years ago, it became quite fashionable to uh, knock rock music. Um, people would say, <clears throat> if you play it backwards... Um, it has a subliminal uh, um, meaning. Wow, what a load of rubbish for a start. But I thought about it. And I thought, wow, what, what if I did that to country music? And so I played it backwards. And I got my wife back, I got my car back, and I got my bank balance back. Right, we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's, uh, that's the phrase I want to home in on. We have this treasure in fragile pots. We're all cracked. We're all flawed. We're all blemished. We've all been buffeted by life. And if somehow you've dodged that, and somehow... You've managed to sidestep it, believe you me, it will catch up with you. 
or it will catch up with you. Fractured, chipped. So we've all been broken. We're all delicate. And we all have, as Mary would say, our imperfections. How about this? Pseudo-celebrity Eddie the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle Edwards, 52, is in cinemas. The pinnacle, surely, of winning by losing. A publicity career which began when he fell off his ski jump in the 1988 Calgary Winter Olympics. And former GB Olympics trainer David Miller says, Eddie belongs among the accident-prone in Channel 4's absurd reality show called The Jump. You remember him. But I thought it was interesting. It was winning by losing. Today, there's a big push uh, for success. Uh, you hear it time, you, you can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. You can't. But you can be, says our educational system. You can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. It's a big call for success. And, and I've learned one thing about success, and it's this. Success is a poor teacher. It makes smart people think they can't lose. Success is a poor teacher. It makes smart people think they can't lose. So when I was at school, I, I, um, I didn't have a very nice time at school because I was always rubbing the headmaster up the wrong way. But we came to our speech day. And so the boss took charge, as he always did. And for one part, he began to read down there in Cockermouth, in the cinema there, he began to read W.E. Henley's Inventicus. I'll, I'll just quote you a verse. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishment the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Following morning, knocked on the boss's door and went in. He said, yes, sir. I said, I've just come to complain, sir. Again? I said, yes, sir. I said, you call this school a Christian school, yet you read this incredible, unchristian song. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Well, I think he'd had enough because he said those wonderful words that will go down in history, which is these. Huck, this school is too big for both of us and I'm staying. 
So what if I put to you this morning that God prefers losers? Oh, steady on there, lad. Steady on. Yeah, that God prefers losers. People who know their weaknesses. People who admit their mistakes. People who will cry out for help. People who can say, I'm sorry. People who can admit their shortcomings. People who can say, I've got an Achilles heel. Me, I've got an Achilles body. There are chinks in my armor. I put on the whole armor of God every morning. But I'm telling you, there are some chinks in that armor. There really is. What is God saying when he puts into Paul's mind, we have this treasure in cracked pots, flawed vessels, blemished, fractured, chipped, delicate, with imperfections. And I'm reminded of Jesus when he was speaking on the mountain and he spoke the Beatitudes. I've always had difficulty with the Beatitudes because I think Jesus left one out. It should have been, blessed are the flexible, for they shall bend. <laughs> but here's the first one. This is Mike Huck's translation. Take it or leave it, it's up to you. How lucky you are when you know that you are poor at being spiritual. There's a place in the Father's business for you. How lucky you are when you know that you are poor at being spiritual. There's still a place. I remember, Mary, do you remember when we went to um, uh, Southport and we went to that Baptist church? I've never been so bored out of my mind. You know, and then we went to the theatre and it was just ablaze with activity. Absolute activity. Second part came on and this hand was up here with a microphone. And the pin spot was on the microphone, and as the mic came down, there was this guy with a black fedora, dressed in black. And these words echoed over the floral hall. Oh, there's a place for us. Or oh, somewhere a place for us. Now you're going to have to tell me who it was, just in case you haven't got it. PJ Proby, yes, yes, I'm deaf, I can't hear it. <laughs> PJ Proby, there's a place for us. But honestly, there is a place. They're touring um, Shakespeare in, in two and a half hours, all the plays of Shakespeare in two and a half hours. It's a phenomenal show. I'd like to do in two minutes flat, or even less, a quick look through the Bible at the losers. Are you ready? Noah had a drink problem. Abraham 
had a problem with the truth. Sarah, she was the one who was going to have the baby later on at life, and she said to God, you're having a laugh. Jacob was deceitful. Moses was a murderer. Rahab, who's on the um, uh, lineage of Jesus, was on the game. Gideon, very apprehensive. Elisha was not the most balanced man. Jephthah, he's the guy that said, whatever I see come through my door, I will sacrifice to God. And his daughter walked in. Jephthah was stupid. Samson, well, he couldn't keep his pants on. In fact, the scripture says that he was laid more times than Tamakadam. Eli failed as a father. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Solomon, God bless him, but he was too big for his boots. Jonah preferred Spain to Iran. Who wouldn't? (laughs) Peter was a disowner. Paul was an arguer. He always had to be right. James and John, look at him. Mum comes in and pulls Jesus to one side and says, I believe, um, I believe you're coming into your kingdom. Any chance of one of my lads being prime minister and the other being chancellor of the exchequer? Oh, by the way, that was on the night in which he was betrayed where he took bread. You look at some of these people and you just look at the disciples. I mean, if I was choosing, the, I don't think I would have chosen one of them. They were a bunch of losers. But you see, this is the issue. We have this treasure in earthly vessels. If God only chose people who were well-rounded with no character flaws, the glory would go to them and would not go to him. I thank God that I am flawed. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus as Lord and ourselves as his servants for his sake. That's what we're about this treasure in earthly vessels. He's trusted to these clear jars, this all-surpassing power, that it comes from God and not from us. We have this treasure in all our imperfections, We are cracked pots. Notice how I say that. We are cracked pots. Others would like to say, up there in Lum, there are a bunch of cracked pots. But God has placed something of value in your life. Now that's, that's what I call something good. This treasure. This salvation. Do you know, I really get upset these days. Everywhere I go, everybody's talking about the church. Oh, the church this, the church that, the church meeting this, the church meeting that. I'm sick and tired of the church. 
When are we going to get back to salvation? When are we going to get back to salvation? Because that's the treasure that's in us. The treasure in earthly jars is the salvation of God. Just listen to it. I am forgiven that God has removed my debts. He's changed my attitude to others. Or should I say, he's changing my attitude to others. I have a problem with that, don't I, Mary? But I'm, I'm working on it, and so is Mary. Change my attitude to others. I am forgiven. And if I am forgiven, my attitude has got to change about other people. I'm justified. God has changed my state. I'm being changed every day. I'm being regenerated. God's transformed my heart. I'm beginning to love and not count the cost. After 75 years, it's about time, Michael, as well. To love and not to count the cost. I am, I'm being reconciled to God. God has become my friend. I'm no longer his servant. Because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I know what God is... Well, I think I do sometimes. I know what God is doing. I think I've got a little handle on it. It's only a small one, but it's a good handle. I'm adopted into his family. God has changed my family. All the benefits of God are for us. I'm redeemed. That's a wonderful word. Story. I know you like stories. Stories of a Salvation Army officer out on the streets with the band preaching. And there's a guy there who listens. And for the sheer fact that God took hold of him, the guy is redeemed. He's born again to a living hope. Can't stand these people who keep coming up to me and saying, I'm born again. I say, to what? Don't tell me you're born again. Tell me you're born again to what? You've got to be born again to something. You can't just go around saying, I'm born again. You've got to be born again to something, to a living hope, a living hope. So here's this guy, he gets saved. That's an old word, but it's a good one. And uh, the following week, he goes to the citadel. And when he's there, the Salvation Army lads are all out. And the lasses are those days in the bonnets. And the Salvation Army men have got red uh, jumpers, roll necks, with some writing on the front. He can't read. He can't read. He can't see what it says. And so he goes home. On his way home, he goes to the market and he buys one of these red jumpers and goes home and says, I've got to stitch something on the front. But he can't think what. So he's looking around and he looks out of his window and he sees this uh, uh, big warehouse and he sees a sign on the warehouse. And so he says, what's wrong with that? And so he copied what was on the warehouse on the front of his jumper. And so the following Sunday, he goes to the citadel, he gets in, takes his coat off, and everybody goes, wow, that's marvellous, because they read, this business is under new management. 
This business is under new management. We're redeemed. We're under new management. We're sanctified. God has changed my behavior. Well, has he? It was through weakness that I discovered the power of God in my life. It was through weakness. This treasure. And the strange thing is that God hides this treasure. He actually hides it. Now, some of you may know the name Georgi Vasari. He's a, a, an artist of, of great acclaim. And his, uh, one of his paintings is a battle scene. I'm, I'm not into war at all. But it, it is a magnificent painting. Get slightly damaged at the corner. And they noticed under the corner there some other pigment. They took the pigment and they analyzed the pigment. It is the same pigment as was used by Leonardo da Vinci to paint the Madonna. Underneath that Jorge Vasari painting is another painting. It's hidden. It'll never be seen. But it's there. In you, there has been hidden this treasure of salvation. You can't put it out and have a look at it. You can't throw it up on the screen and you can't x-ray it. But it's there. It's in you. It's a treasure. Now when a young lad down at the Dead Sea is lobbing bricks or stones. He's lobbing them and he hears them crack all the way around. But he threw one and there was no crack. And so he climbed up the side of the hill there at the Dead Sea and he found a cave and he went in and he found some, you've got it, earthenware jars, cracked pots. And in those cracked pots were some documents he sold those documents, actually, for $29. They're the most wonderful find. They have in them every book, except Esther, quotations of every book in the Old Testament. They're called the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've seen them. I've seen the scrolls. They were up there in crackpots. Isn't that amazing? That amazing. Old jars containing a treasure. Listen, Lum, there's none of you who are a Ming dynasty vase. Let's be honest. You're a cheap pot from Tesco's. But in you, in you, you have a treasure. These old pots are here today and gone for more tomorrow. But what's in me will live on. This treasure is salvation. This treasure is hidden. 
And this power that he speaks about, the power that divides today, is a power that comes to lift up the downtrodden, to give light in the valley of the shadow of death. That's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Giving light in the valley of the shadow of death. Some of us have been there. We've walked that valley. The shadow of death. But this treasure, this treasure, it brings hope in our darkest hour. I love it when we put the table out and we spread it and we have bread and wine. There isn't one of you brings a glass of wine. There's not one of you that brings a slice of bread to this table. None of you. The table is prepared, even in the presence of your enemies, is prepared for you. This table is prepared. We bring nothing to the table. It's spread out for us. We bring nothing for salvation. It is God's gift to us. He's given us this wonderful salvation through the cross of Jesus Christ. The people looked and said, look at that weak guy hanging there. Hey, you saved others, but you're having trouble saving yourself, aren't you, old sunshine? Oh, if you are the Son of God, why don't you come down from the cross? And all we heard was, I first. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what the... He was the treasure. He was the treasure. He is the treasure. He will always be the treasure. He was the treasure before the foundation of the world that the scripture tells us that the Lamb of God was slain. I hear preachers on the TV saying as though the cross was an afterthought. The cross is not an afterthought. The cross was taken place before the foundation of the world. The very treasure of God we call to his table so let me finish oh yeah of course I was hungry and you brought me some food I was without home and you found a place for me I was without clothes. You didn't go to the second-hand shop. You went to the big store and bought them. For as much, for as much as you have done it to the least of these, of one of my treasures, And when I see people walking through countries and when they come and knock on your door 
And when they come to your church and they say, these are young Iranian lads, will you baptize us? We couldn't be baptized in Iran. About five weeks ago, I had the joy of baptizing three Iranians over there in Atherton. And this young girl says, this is the dream come true. I never thought I would walk into the waters and be baptized. These are God's treasures. I've got them in my heart. I've got them in my heart. I was hungry and you gave me to eat. Because the seating chart has just been rewritten. Did you notice it when you came in? It said, the first will be last. And the last will be first. Ah, this is interesting. And when you think about people who are disabled, they're God's treasure as well. And I've got them in my heart. They're not a burden. They're God's treasure. And listen, men and women, let's get the record straight this morning. We are not the message. Christ is the message. Him and Him only. Because all we are, yes, I'm sorry to say, all we are, is fragile prots. We're all cracked. We're all flawed. We're all blemished. We've all been buffeted by life. We've all been fractured and we've all been chipped. But the light shines through all the cracks. Because we have this treasure within. The light shines through all the cracks. And some of you get a bit uppity about your crack. Don't worry. How lucky you are when you know that you're poor at being spiritual. Because there is a place for you in the Father's business. So a little story to end with. Here's a young lad up in Burnley. He goes to school. He's lanky. That's a good phrase, isn't it? That's a Lancashire phrase, isn't it? Lanky, you know. Lanky lad. He's gawky. He does everything wrong. And his teacher says to him, David, David, you're a crackpot. And he goes home and he tells his mum. He said, you're not going to believe this, mum. But my teacher called me a crackpot. And his mum said, But you're my treasure. You're my treasure. Now then, there's an interesting thing. You're my treasure. Winning. 
by losing. Wasn't it Jesus that said, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. And so here is a Roman Catholic priest who has actually said goodbye to his friends and he takes up a manual job. And one day as two of the priests were walking down the road, they saw him there with these seven blokes digging a ditch. And they came over and said, there was a silence. And he said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground, it cannot bear fruit. We have this treasure in cracked 